This is the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Anfield. Welcome to the latest Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo. I'm Joe Rimmer, your host, and today I'm joined by Paul Gorst. How are you, Paul? I've just been told I've got to use this as the mic. Uh, yeah, all good. We're getting towards the back end of the interminable international break now, aren't we? And yeah, yeah. just felt like it's been a little bit of a longer one than normal, this one. I always um, think this bit is the worst bit. It's like the international break is dark, it's just before the dawn. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's it the Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday of the second week are yeah. always the slowest days. Because yeah. at least on Thursday, some of them are back and they're yeah, back in training yeah. and whatever else. But yeah, it just feels like it's been longer than normal, this one. I can't wait for it to be over. They're always a slog, especially the first one of the year. First one of the, mm. the season, sorry. Yeah. yeah. Four games in, you just feel like you're ready to build up a bit of momentum and yeah. the games are going to come thick and fast and then you just stop for two yeah. weeks. Yeah, still think they should ban international football? Yeah, yeah. just have tournaments. I don't even have tournaments. Just ban it, flip a coin for whoever wins. Theo, how are you? You love international football. He'll, he'll, he'll disagree now. This wasn't awkward at all, has it? Passing this around. Yeah, I agree with Gorst. It's, it's gone on for ages, this one, hasn't it? I suppose it feels a bit worse because at least last year we had the World Cup, so there was nothing really in the first half of the season because they had to make Except that space. And, yeah, but that was like December time, wasn't it's it? Rubbish. We're fine at this point, we're just playing football. But yeah, end is almost in sight. Now than that, I am okay, thank you. Yeah. Ian Doyle, how are you? Delighted to be here as always, Joe. Yeah. Um, international football is great. And I think it's taken on more credence now, purely because you can't buy your way to success. So I think that should be the future of football. No, that wasn't the answer you were no. expecting, was it? Well, yeah, it was because I knew you'd disagree with 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 me. So, yeah. but is what yeah. I'm saying wrong? Yes, I hate international football. It's boring as hell. The actual point, though, I'm trying to make. Yeah, because I haven't watched any of it. Watch any football? It's boring. Don't start the podcast with lies, do I? <laughs> right. So we'll start. Pass that mic over. We'll start with you, um, Gorsi, because even though. I'm moaning about the international break mm. and Klopp himself said that it was horrible to see players going off all over the world um, after um, quite a decent start to the season and, and good momentum for Liverpool but saying that hasn't been an interna- a bad international break for Liverpool in terms of players yeah. playing well and starring and perhaps just keeping themselves ticking over and in good form Yeah I mean the, the, the most important thing is no injuries isn't there really mm. and, and so far so, so far, good so on, far. on that, that front So it like, looks like he, he's had a good international break um, Jota scored, did he? In, in a, was it an 9 0 win for Portugal? Assist as well. Yeah. Um, it was only Luxembourg, though. Well, yeah. Did you, did you watch it? No. <laughs> I mean, but, but generally, I suppose it's about as an agreeable one as it can be for, for Jürgen Klopp. Uh, England obviously play tonight, did they? They're playing Scotland tonight. So uh, we'll see how Andy Robertson comes through on that one. Obviously, no Trent involved for it. So uh, I suppose it's it's been okay for, for Klopp so far. We'll We'll see. But um, I just I just got the feeling that he was really keen after the window was shut to get his players in and get them into a little bit of a routine, a bit of rhythm and momentum, get them training, get his ideas across to what is a pretty much a new look team, certainly a new look midfield, and then they get that really good result against Villa, and then it all just comes to a shuddering halt for a couple of weeks, which will be a, a, a disappointment to him. But on the other side of it. You know, Liverpool have got the dreaded 12.30 kick-off yeah. against Wolves mm-hmm. on Saturday, but I think he'll be raring to go in, in training this week when he gets them all back on Thursday and possibly Friday. Um, although, with no Fabinho and, and Firmino, the Brazil element is not there anymore, is it? Obviously, Darwin Nunes being playing well for Marcelo, Marcelo Bielsa's Uruguay. But generally, there's, there's not too many concerns over travelling or injuries, so so far, so good, I guess, but um, it's... 
it's very much one that we're all looking forward to seeing the back of, isn't it? That yeah. sounds like a piece. What the mileage they've all covered during the break? It might be. We're looking for, <laughs> looking for things to write about, aren't we? Yeah. Um, Gorsi talked about momentum there, and um, I mean, I think we'd all prefer for every player to pull out of their international team so they can all stay fit for Liverpool. Many fans might say that, but it's quite a good thing when players like you know Ben Doak uh, last night, although. Um, Scotland under-21s lost 1-0 to Spain. Impressed, played very well. Had um, a lot of people talking about him. Sabozlai impressed again. Gakpo scored. Um, Jota obviously scored twice. Um, it keeps the momentum going, doesn't it? If, if they, those players stay fit, but they come back and they've started, it does keep the momentum going for Liverpool. Yeah, it's been a, a good for a number of players for different reasons. Like I think so far this season, Gakpo's needed a, a couple of goals and at least he's got them on international duty. Jota's got a couple as well to keep his form going. Nuno's got a couple of assists. Mm -hmm. So that, that's the forwards are looking good. But even the players who aren't playing, like the ones who are injured, like Canate, Alexander-Arnold, Thiago, well, that's two weeks there where they've not missed any games. They've been able to get a bit close to fitness. Maybe mm -hmm. we'll see them at the weekend, maybe the week after. And then you've got, like, Vesetic. He, he played, I think he made his under-21s debut, not against Scotland in the Spain under-21s game before that. It's like, well, he's not played since March time. Uh, they've obviously had to tread carefully with his recovery from that adductor injury. But there's so many different reasons here going, are oh, you quite glad that he's not played, but you're glad another player has played? Like Graven Birch is someone else. We, Van Dyke's mm -hmm. got a couple of games mm -hmm. when he's been suspended. Graven Birch has had that time off to settle into Merseyside life. There's so many positives here you can get out of it. But you do just wish Liverpool had been playing for these couple of weeks that you could turn four games unbeaten into six games unbeaten or whatever. It just makes you think back to, remember when we had the August international breaks, it's like, how the hell did we cope with that? When you you play one Premier League game and then, all oh, right, lads, we're off to international duty now. Like, at least they've had that month to get into the season. But from what we're seeing from all these lads on international duty, they certainly seem to be making headlines, doing well. Uh, certainly seems to be interest from our audience as well because it's those pieces that people are actually reading where, we're, where it's Ben Doak doing how many stepovers and making Spanish defenders look silly. Jota getting another couple of goals. I think there's a, was it a Sabosli pass from like 70 yards yeah, that's yeah. gone viral this week. There isn't anything in there that you see as necessarily oh someone's got an injury which is what we're used to in international football maybe that's more because of the Naby Keita era where there were so many setbacks every international break but maybe just this year Liverpool got a bit of luck back which is what they needed after last year let's be honest yeah well Dolly they do kick off at the dreaded 12.30 on Saturday you wrote yourself about Wolves yesterday it, it, I mean, I don't have any stats to back this up, but it always feels like a difficult place to go. And obviously last season was one of the worst performances, if you like, of the season. And um, yeah, it just feels like a slightly tricky one for Liverpool on, on Saturday. I think they won their 1-0 in lockdown. And they won their 1-0 the season before with Origi. And they won their 2-1 when they won the league. So while I get what you're trying to say, because they did lose there in the FA Cup. Yeah, they lost there in the FA Cup. So, yeah, and they did lose their 3-0. No, it never, never is, is it? Um, I must admit that my, one of my main memories of Wolves in recent years is me and Ghosty were a game in lockdown where we both got to go and then we got some coffee. We oh, were yeah. delighted, yeah. We were exactly. Hang on, we're going to talk about highlights of three hundred <laughs> okay, games. Okay, that's okay, your okay, highlight. Okay, okay. Getting go, coffee, couple no, of things. Go. Highlight <laughs> of the pipe. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah, that nearly made me cry when he came. Yeah, we've said this a few times now. Anyway, going back to your question, uh, well, Jay, it is difficult, but. I mean, I think Liverpool have got the 12.30 after the October break as well, haven't they? They play Everton, so that'll be mm. interesting. Um, I'm sure Jürgen will have a few things to say when he realises that the next time it comes round. Um, I think you're all uh, kind of jumping the gun a little bit with this injuries, by the way. They've all got another game to play. Yeah. So yeah, I, I think... A couple of games to play. 
Yeah, yeah, but no, I think a lot of them have gone after flags another game, haven't they? So well, certainly, the South this, well, the South Americans. Well, I think got to play. Yeah, the South they? Americans, yeah, and they're playing World Cup qualifiers, which you could mm. argue are more important than the European qualifiers. And mm. you know, I do think that the other thing about footballers playing for the countries is they all want to do it. So as much as a lot of fans go, why is he playing for this? Why is he playing for that? You've got to. I think, as Theo said, if they're playing well for the country, that's a good thing for, for Liverpool. They so. need to get out of this unhealthy mindset of wanting to play for their countries, don't <laughs> yeah, they? I mean, this, this is just the, the modern players. Just, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 It is. And, of course, most of the players aren't English. You look at um, Soboslai, Liverpool probably bought him partly on the strength of his performances for Hungary in big games, so you can't have it both ways. So you can't just say, like, oh, we're buying this player now because he's done really well internationals, and now you can never play another international game again. And only joking doily I don't think that they should cancel international football I was just thinking generally just, though yeah, your disdain just, I, don't, I don't like it I, I, you're, you're entitled not to like I'm it not, I don't expect knows. them to shut it down but and not, Dominic okay. Sabozlai <laughs> just, just to rip that armband right, off his arm next time you, he plays for Hungary international football or, or the, the FA Cup International football, for sure. Really? Oh, yeah. Oh, you must really not like yeah. it. Then. No, no, yeah. I've never really wanted to get rid of the FA Cup. <laughs> it's just, you know, it's just not as good as the League Cup. Uh, but yes, Wolves, as I say, there are a number of issues that Liverpool are going to have to address, which we'll get onto in the podcast later this week, because that's going to make it more difficult. So they're just going to have to keep their fingers crossed that one or two players are okay in terms of their fitness, because there are certain areas of the pitch that aren't, that aren't not quite as blessed mm-hmm. as others at the moment. So we'll have to wait and see. Yep. These are twelve thirty kickoffs, wasn't it? They were they didn't win any of them last year. I don't know. They got beat at Brighton, didn't they? they, they one of the worst performances. Forest. Forest Brighton. I think it was lost three, drew three. Or was That's that right. Yeah, you're right. X, not yeah. Twitter the other day. Was Ch- Chelsea at home? Was that Twitter. a twelve thirty one? Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. right. That was nil yeah. nil. Yeah, it was six. It was it was six. You're right. It was six, and it was three draws, three defeats. But again, we'll just you know you'll have to hope that they win this one and then get that off the back. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. Well, Klopp's last game was the 3-0 against Aston Villa Gorsi. It was um, his 300 Premier League game, so I thought to myself, well, you thought, actually. I can't take the credit. Yeah, it, was, it, was your, it was your idea, Gorsi. You thought to yourself, why don't we do a bit of a special episode on the best, worst, uh, moments um, in those 300 games so we'll kick it off with you and we'll kick it off with the best moment oh sorry not the best moment the best game um, of those 300 games yeah there's, there's a few in this list isn't there I was trying to rack my brains thinking of trying to narrow it down and obviously the 7-0 against United jumps out the 5-0 against United the 4-0 against United um, the 4-1 against Everton was, was good I thought uh, in December 2021 I thought the were superb that night and it was a bit of a weird one because Liverpool absolutely battered Everton at Everton and the away fans are singing for the home manager which is probably yeah, yeah. you know a bit of a unique one <clears throat> when Rafa Benitez was there but I think the thing I'm going to go with the 4-0 against United because it just felt around that time Liverpool were I mean they, they could do no wrong I think they might have beat Man City in the FA Cup semi-final a few days earlier it was in that crazy April wasn't it where they think they played mm. 12 games and it just felt like everything was all coming together at once. They were uh, League Cup holders. They were on the way to the FA Cup final. They had the Champions League still to go for. They were still going for the league. And no one gave United the prayer on the night. And so it, you know, so it came to pass. I thought Thiago was sensational. Mane, Salah, Diaz, all superb. And it just felt like everything was coming together all the right time for Liverpool. And I'd probably go for that one. But um, 
I'm sure Theo will have a different answer than Doyle will because there's that many to choose from. It's it's it, it's nearly eight years, isn't it? And uh, obviously Klopp will celebrate that anniversary next month and show sure there'll be loads of content around that. But um, 300 games and so many good moments to choose from. Yeah, I mean, the, the good thing about Klopp is you've got those... You've got last-minute winners, you've got big wins, yeah. you've got important wins. They're all in there. Theo, go on, what, what's your best game in that, in that time? I think you've just got to look at title winning year. Like, granted, we were robbed that moment that we'd all have chosen if mm-hmm. it wasn't for the pandemic. Mm-hmm. If in front of the fans, Liverpool won the Premier League title. That is the game everyone chose. Yeah. But you've still got the big 3-1 win against City where, mm-hmm. I know we've got a real chance here. Mm-hmm. We've got this yeah. massive gap. The 2-0 against United where you declare and going to win the league. Or was it the four 0 away at Leicester when you just come back from the, the Club World Cup? Yeah. And it's like, oh, now it's a massive gap over Leicester in second place, and it's like, oh, this is just a, a clean straight now. You, you're going to win the Premier League title. You're going to be crowned champions of England for the first time in 30 years. And we're only halfway into the season. Then it's like we've, we've lost something because of the fact that it had to finish behind closed doors. Like that was another case of lost momentum in a way that we couldn't just all enjoy a massive party at the end of the season but those are still the games that stand out like we had great moments in the Champions League run the year before and you got to enjoy them together so it was like this big culmination at the end of the season well we didn't quite get that those games in the build up to winning the title are still ones that we'll never forget yeah Doily I can't quite work out is this like Ken Dodd's tickle stick or something <laughs> or, don't or try exactly <laughs> you know for, for our younger viewers we, we'll, we'll, I definitely would say Google who is yeah. but don't try and watch one of his shows because you'll have to spend about 10 days just to till it finishes um, I'm going to go with the 2-1 Newcastle one just recently what recently? yeah I'm going to go with that like, because you know I've been doing this job a long time and you know I've been covering well, watching football even longer than that when I actually did watch football obviously um, and Newcastle was it was generally one of the great days it was hilarious it was so funny I just thought it was just yeah, so funny one, I saw one prediction at half time someone saying it's most likely going to be a cricket score for Newcastle I mean, it was just everything added up to... <laughs> On the worst innings. It, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, just, it just all added up to just like this, this kind of... It was, it was something that was greater than the sum of its parts, wasn't it? Mm. Just the whole afternoon, because you had that... Oh, this isn't a very good start, and referee seems a bit... I'm not sure what's going on here when he books Trent. Mm. And then it's, oh, well, what kind of a goal was that you concede? And then you get the sending off, and the crowd are all loving it, and you've got Jason Tindall, who's obviously... Everyone knows he's a bit of a dingling, as we say. Um, he, uh, he was just—he was—he was, he was there giving it all this, and because where we sit, you know, of course, you know. In fact, you, yeah, yeah, he's done a couple of times. We we were sat, we were there, and you can see it all happening on the touchline, and you just at half time you're going, oh. But then during the second half, you can kind of just sense it. You could sense it, couldn't you? It's like I remember. Yeah. I remember Thomas Tuchel was talking about when Liverpool beat Dortmund four three in that game. Obviously, yeah. he was the Dortmund manager. And he said, when it went 3 1 3 2, I remember his quote, and he said something like, You could just feel it. He said, You could feel it inside the stadium. And I just thought you could just feel it then with that Newcastle at Liverpool were going to turn it around. And it's the fact that it was Nunes who comes off the bench. He was obviously absolutely fuming at the fact that he wasn't playing and has, hadn't been playing, despite he'd done quite well in the summer. To finish like that, and then the final goal is set up by Salah, who obviously Richie Keyes had already sold to Saudi Arabia by that <laughs> point. You know, so it all kind of added up and then you had Gerald Quanta coming on and helping keep yeah. the clean sheet when Gomez had already come on and you know all, there was all these tiny little stories. And of course it was Newcastle who up in Newcastle are trying to build this massive rivalry between the clubs, which Liverpool's part isn't really there. But for the sake of winning that game, I think the Liverpool fans who were up there at the you know tie up in the stand were quite happy to enjoy it. And what's better than going away from home? 
coming from behind and getting a last minute winner when you're down to 10 men especially when it's against a team who you think are going to be one of your main rivals yeah. for this season mm. and, it ca- oh, and, it, and it carried on the start that Liverpool had already got because that may, when we write the big book of this season at the end of the season assuming we write a book probably will do at some point when we do that this could be seen as a turning point it just could because it's an early statement it's not, maybe, maybe not a turning point but an early statement for a new team because there were that many certainly in midfield it was, you can see it's this Liverpool reloaded Yeah. so there are a lot of wins we could pick from all the ones that uh, that Gorsty said all the ones that Theo said I said a 2-1 Aston Villa as well again that's another one yeah. coming from behind scoring twice late yeah, yeah. they went down to 10 men that day but that was the week before they played City yeah. so they would have been that was a big turnaround because I'm sure City drew as well didn't they that day against Southampton one all at the same time it was a rare time where both of them played at 3 o'clock yeah. on a Saturday had going into the next week where they were playing each other so I think that's kind of where people realised they could win the title but overall I'd say the Newcastle one for the, the reasons I've just explained that Newcastle one how was the, the rewrite for you two? I mean I must admit I hadn't really got started on that yeah, I, I, I'd, I'd, I'd kind of got started on something and then because it happened so quickly at the end it, there wasn't that much time for like oh didn't have to do a control a delete like I've done many times in the past but that wasn't one of them no yeah I mean it's funny just follow up on that Newcastle game I was listening to another pod the other day and they were talking after the Aston Villa game and they were almost surprised at how good Liverpool were and I, and I find it quite bizarre and I thought the Newcastle game was a, you know, a good reminder of Liverpool winning a big game against like Donny said someone who's almost setting themselves up to be a big rival yeah. to Liverpool and I, I find it quite surprising that People are shocked that Liverpool are quite good. I, mean, they're, good. They're not, yeah. I know they've changed a lot of players, but they've had one poor season. They've generally, before that, performed very, very well. I, they've still got some huge stars. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I think it says a lot of, of how the, the game's consumed now. I think you need it's so immediate three bad performances, yeah. and, and it kind of undoes 300 good performances before it because people tend to dwell more on the negatives and people as you say, only tend to see what's happened in the last 10-15 minutes of, of whatever's happened, so maybe there's something in that more than, than Liverpool being a busted flush or whatever, but yeah, I, you know, Honourable mentioned the Theo mentioned that they didn't need a boxing day win over Leicester, because I think Liverpool coming straight back from Qatar in the Club World Cup and that was the big test for Liverpool you know, how they're going to hold up for this one and absolutely battered Leicester that day they were actually second at the time, weren't they? Um, you know, I think Trent got a 10 out of 10 in your ratings, didn't he? And um, me and Neil Jones told him told him that as he was coming past at the end and he had a bit of a laugh about that so yeah that was certainly one of them but I think you can go through the seasons and, and there's at least five or six results in every season that you can think that's a contender for the for the best results or performance of uh, the 300 games absolutely everything we'd be saying Norwich 5-4 that would be one of the main yeah. ones because it was a famous comeback but now it's, that's a game you almost take for granted because they've achieved so much more since then and while they have had so many comeback victories last minute winners that was almost a calamity of errors and they stumbled it whereas like the Newcastle one we've mentioned and so many others that is more grit in it involved like the Aston Villa one as well yeah. where it just shows how they've grown as a team and now they've got that real winner's mentality when it was against Norwich you weren't really used to seeing it from yeah. this Liverpool side over the last five, six years they are one of the best in the business for a reason Yeah, I mean, I must admit I'd have to pick the, the 5-0 away at United just because mm. I mean you could say you probably never see Liverpool beat United 7-0 again but 5-0 away from home just felt it, 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 it was unheard of really you know at, at the, the, the side of your biggest rivals albeit they weren't as good as 
as good as they have been, it, it was just the way Liverpool took them apart was so ruthless. Um, and it was one of the best performances we've seen from Naby Keita. Finally, sort of lived up to the hype in, yeah. within 90 were you, minutes. Were you worried about him that day? I wasn't worried that day. Um, and he went on the stretch yeah, yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. with a bru- <laughs> with a bruise. Yeah, um, but but I mean, that was just that was an incredible, incredible day, and, and sort of just showed what Liverpool could do under Klopp when they when they put it all together. So that would be mine. But like you say, there's just so many. I mean, I, I look back and there's so many moments. In fact, I don't want to ruin some of the other things I'm gonna I'm gonna ask. So I, I won't won't talk about them all. But we'll we'll move on to worst then. Worst game, Gorsty, in, in, in those 300. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. I mean, the, the Villa game was a bit weird, wasn't it? The 7 2, but I, I tended to just ignore that because I think that entire season was a bit of a farce, given that it was just yeah, played behind closed doors from start to finish, and it was just a, a strange one. So, kind of little asterisks next to that one. Um, City last season was quite bad. Liverpool got absolutely battered, didn't they? And, and didn't have a, an answer at all for mm. City. And at the time, you're looking at it, you're thinking these used to be, <coughs> you know, <coughs> excuse me, the closest rivals to, to City. And Liverpool were the only team who could like, land a glove on them. And all of a sudden, Liverpool were just getting absolutely punished, put to bed quite comfortably. And you're, you're wondering what's left in the tank for this for this squad. And that, that was a, a particularly bad one. From it, to be fair to them, they kind of rallied and mm. they haven't lost a game since. But um, you know, just just off the top of my head, that was a particularly bad one. I might have a different answer of have a little bit more of a think about it, but that just jumps out at me immediately. I don't know what do you think. There's a moment actually in that game which is probably as frustrated I've been as I've been with Klopp during his whole time here when he made the, the triple substitution, and it just felt like that was him saying, "Ah, oh, you know what, we we give up on this game." And I, I've never really known him to do that in any game, and I don't like the idea of you know. I, I still think. And you know, it, it, it probably proves it right because you look at United and all those big wins. But there's a way to lose a game, and it, it's not to just give up and just be turned over and, and embarrassed. You know, you can you can lose a game three, four nil as long as you sort of go down fighting. And I felt like that was the one time in his reign when mm. I just felt like they kind of gave up on a game, and that that was that was sad to see. Really, they are worst. Uh, I, I was going to say that City game yeah. as well. It might be just because it's one of the more the more recent ones. But when you look at the the year before, you're going toe to toe with them, so close to winning yeah. the quadruple, beat them in an FA Cup semi final where you play them off the park for most of it. Then in a year's time to be humbled so emphatically, it was just oh wow, this is where we are now. They have on their way to the treble just kicked yeah. us away. Um, there have been big defeats along the way like the Tottenham one early on mm-hmm. where Lovren gets hauled off early there was the one against City where Mane gets sent off early on yeah. but they didn't feel as deflating as that one yeah. uh, at the Etihad last year I, I could throw Brighton last year Wolves last year those 3 nil defeats but they didn't really hit us home for me as much because I wasn't there unlike these two whereas I was at that one at the Etihad uh, I think it's one of the, the few games I've actually seen Liverpool lose in person since I've started working at the Echo so that, that is the one for me that sticks in the mind Doily well, there's loads of them, isn't there? There's all the ones we mentioned. You've got Forest last year, that was terrible. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Leeds at home, that was pretty bad. Oh, Leeds at home was bad. Uh, yeah. You mentioned Brighton. Yeah. Wolves was awful. Uh, going back to Watford 3 0, that was really early on when you realised just how. Uh, I was going to say, which how, one was going to say yeah, yeah, the Watford 3 0. Not the one when they won the league, that was different. That was just, it got tied by that point. Uh, West Ham 2 0, that was pretty bad. That was round about then as well. I remember they got beat 2 0 at Hull. 
That was pretty yeah, nasty. Three one at Leicester. That was a bad one. Was it three one? I think it was, wasn't it? Yeah, around mm. about the same time, wasn't it? January 2017. Mm. I mean, my worst ones were on lockdown. I had to do almost yeah. all of the away games. Not, not all by myself, but quite a lot of them were by myself. And there's nothing colder than a massive stadium with nobody in it. The very few people there are in it, you can't sit anywhere near them. Mm. I mean, there was there was that one. At, yes, well. there was one at Southampton. That was just after Christmas. No, sorry, just after New Year. The de- Danny they lost one nil. Danny Ings scored, didn't mm. he? Really early on, mm. and. I was literally the only person left in the ground. As I finished, the steward shouted to me and said, you're done, mate. He says, yes. Yeah. says, OK. And then they turned the lights off. Yeah. And all the floodlights went off. So I had to get out. Uh, and then the Leicester one, where they were, they'd played really well, gone 1-0 ahead. Then Leicester mm, scored a yeah. jammy goal. Then scored the goal where it was Kabak and Alisson yeah, yeah. collided with each other. Yeah. And they got another one. And after that one, we had to obviously wear masks. Mm. And I'm wearing my mask, finishing, and it's cold so it heats up so I can't see what I'm doing, I'm trying to leave my seat and then my feet are frozen so I can't feel my feet, so I can't see where I'm going and I can't feel anything and I've said this before but the poor woman at Leicester thought I was having some kind of episode trying to get up these <laughs> steps, she's going, you alright love just like, I can't see anything so they let me take my mask off so I could actually see what I was doing for a short time but in terms of the football that just summed it all up so I'd, prob- I'd probably say that Leicester game, the Villa one, you're right. I was at the Villa one seventy. That was just like a comedy game of football. Yeah, that was the Tottenham United got beat six one at home yeah. by Tottenham yeah. earlier. Mm-hmm. I remember driving to it laughing, going, <laughs> and then <laughs> about like yeah. half time, going, yeah. "What is going on here?" Yeah. It's like it could have been about fifteen two, couldn't it as well? Yeah, it was, it was ridiculous. Weird. I mean, Adrian was the North seven goals, around around yeah. Yeah, 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 but I think five of the seven or something like that. Mm. Maybe doing a disservice, yeah. but that's when Ollie Watkins had a very good game. He's yeah. got a hat trick, and Paul yeah. Joe Gomez. Just, I think he got. Did he get subbed at half time or something? Can't remember. Grealish was brilliant. There wasn't was, it? there was Barclay a lot. That, mm. What's Barclay that? Barclay, yeah. yeah, there's quite a lot that went on. Yeah, he scored the fourth one, didn't he? Oh, I've lost count. Yeah. Losing six in a row that season at home was shocking, wasn't it? You, you it, think of how much of a fortress Anfield has been and is, and then they lost six in a row that season. Was it Burnley, Brighton, Everton, Chelsea, City, Fulham. Chelsea, and Fulham? That's yeah. it. Yeah. Mm. So that was. Bad. But yeah, I'd probably say because of my feet, the Leicester one. Because your feet, the last one. So, um, moment, moment, goes the best, the best moment. <laughs> um, Alison's header. I know I've just header, said yeah. then the, I like to kind of write off that behind closed doors season, but that was just surreal, wasn't it? That's how good it's been though in in those games where I, I was thinking as I was asking you best moment of some moments, and um, I never even thought of Alison's header, yeah. and it, and now you say it, I think yeah, that was brilliant. Yeah, I mean Doyle always makes this point that it was the last. The last goal ever scored, scored in English football yeah. in lockdown, yeah. And it scored by a goalkeeper and it kept Liverpool in the Champions League. Look, if Liverpool wouldn't have got the points from that game, they wouldn't have got... Um, sorry. Liverpool wouldn't have got the points from that game, they wouldn't have got in the Champions League. They wouldn't have went all the way to, to yeah. the final the following season. You know, that's worth untold amounts of money, isn't it, for, for the club and obviously for the supporters who went all the way to the final. Um, Origi, Everton... 2018 was it um, Mane Everton 2016 last couple of last gas winners um, I mean <laughs> Liverpool supporters have been spoiled haven't they over, over the last 300 games of, of Jürgen Klopp because there's so, so many to choose from uh, and ironically the one I've gone for is the one that they were there for but yeah that Alisson moment was just was just remarkable see him. Uh, Alisson's involved again the, running the length of the pitch yeah. after setting up Salah against yeah. United and then all the fans starting we're going to win the league like they'd held off for so yeah. long so they didn't want to jinx it 
because there have been a few times where it had been jinxed in recent years, but that moment there, that, that was what Liverpool fans have been waiting 30 years for, and to do it against you, your bitter yeah. rivals made it all the sweeter. Yeah, and with you there, Theo, I think that was a great moment. Doily? I think it's funny, there's a couple of lockdown ones. I think when they beat Crystal Palace 4-0 when they came back, if you remember, because there was that kind of thing of, oh, they're going to start the season again, and quite a lot of people of a certain inclination were quite keen for it to be null and voided, um, which, you know, as we know, that didn't, that didn't happen. And you could tell from the players when they certainly scored the first couple of goals, there was a kind of like a cheer to you know to the celebrations. There was kind of a defiance. I remember we saw um, behind the scenes, wasn't it, afterwards? And then you could, when they were in the dressing room, they were all like proper, proper, like made up at the fact that they were back out there and they'd won and they knew they were nearly there. Because they must have thought for like two or three months there's a chance here. We've put all that hard work and it's yeah. not going to mm. happen. Um, what happened in some countries, didn't it? Like well, exa- exactly, yeah. Mm. Um, Allison's header, though, that was one of the rare moments where it actually felt like. I'm bear in mind that it was literally, as I say, that was the last goal game, wasn't it? Played in lockdown, and a couple of days later they played in front of five thousand at Burnley. It was, and then the fans were gradually let back in over over the, the summer. Was it the European Championship wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's where you were. Ten thousand on field for the Alice game. Yeah, that's it? right. But the other good moment I was going to say again goes to the fans. I'm pretty sure it was Wolves. Home was the first game that they had them back in, and I think it was three games in where Firmino scores a last-minute header against Tottenham, yeah. and he celebrates and he realises that there were some people in there, and he then he just turns around and absolutely legs it towards the cup because he scored at the Anfield Road end where there yeah. wasn't anybody. So it's one of the rare moments in that time where it felt like they were all together as one, even though there was only like two thousand of them. And I was going to say with the Allison header, that felt like everybody was together, even though there wasn't anyone there. Yeah, because it just it kind of it was a moment that brought the fans together, and then they could look forward to getting back into the stadium so probably Alisson's header for all the reasons we've said already Do you know what the other good thing about Alisson's header was? Just the the, the aftermath his interview afterwards Yeah, you know, yeah Rarely do you see that, that do, yeah. Well that was again that came back to the Leicester game that I mentioned before yeah. where he, that he was in that yeah. kind of rut wasn't he? Man City and then yeah. obviously what happened yeah. with his dad as well yeah. so it kind of came full circle Yeah, but yeah, right his interview was very good after yeah. that and there was that the whole emotion of it and as I said the fact that everybody knew great now we can go and see them next week yeah. because we're all getting back into the stadiums and yeah. there's something to actually celebrate the blood red podcast from the liverpool echo yeah well gonna make this slightly complicated for you because <clears throat> gorsi i'm now gonna ask you for goal you know I've just realised we've, we've recorded this podcast and we haven't run down the, the, the categories and I haven't really had the chance to think no, about much no. of it. No, I, th- I thought that would be quite interesting because mm. I'd put you on your toes a bit. But, it, but you know, a moment of goal, it, let's define goal as like maybe the, the best just, goal. you say not Alison's goal? Because that's All right, we'll just take, out, we'll take <laughs> Alison's out of it, come on, yeah. Because goal and moments could be quite similar, couldn't they? I mean, there's, 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 been, there's been loads of goals where I've just been in awe of, of how much of a, of a great move it was. Um, the one that comes to my mind as you're asking that question was Salah's header against City. Season Liverpool won the league with it. Trent sweeps it across to Robertson. Mm. Robertson gets it out of his feet, puts in the ball. Salah plants the header into the far corner. Um, and it was just a, a wonderful team goal. They're, they're the goals I, I tend to, to, to enjoy watching this Liverpool more than yeah. a long-range screamer that any professional footballer might be able to catch on any given day. It's more about the team moves and, and the patterns that they're trying to, trying to work on the pitch. So that one jumps out at me um, I'm going to pass it on to Theo and have a little think so <laughs> I, I won't be listening to your answers because I'm trying to think but um, you might come up with a few of your own 
uh, I was going to be saying um, no nonsense. I like the, the Thunderbolts from I distance. The Thunderbolt, so yeah. the, the Fabinho one in that City game is up there. Uh, Emery Chan's overhead kick, was it Watford? Yeah. That was probably one of the, the best quality yeah. goals we've seen in Klopp's reign. And it's another one where you almost forget it because it was pre the trophies, pre them reaching those next heights. Uh, Salah against Chelsea. Salah against Chelsea was an absolute mm. rocket. Trent has had a couple against Leicester. Was it the free kick last year? Yeah, I love the, love the free kick against rocket. Chelsea as well. The bridge. Yeah. In the five, no, yeah. not in the five in the three, bridge. but he's one in the five three as well. But yeah, yeah there's, I just love that sound where it's a proper hard hit shot. You know, from 35 yards in, it's just going straight in. I, if Van Dijk had scored at Stamford Bridge on the opening day of the season, that was one. Like Doyle and I were right behind that. We had the perfect angle of it. It looked like it was going right in that top corner to just go over the, the little postage stamp. That, that, that's one you want to see. Like if a centre back had done that, that would probably be it right up there. But it's the score crack and go Chelsea. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah, the curl, yeah. yeah. But that's when Liverpool used to actually shoot from distance before they were this great team and could just pass through and get in behind every, every opportunity. So you're saying Sobberslash shouldn't have a shot now? Right on the edge of the box, isn't it? It's not quite the same thing as trying it from 25, 30 yards. I think I think two goals. One of them's already been mentioned, which is Emery Chan's goal uh, against uh, against at Watford. Which overhead kick I was there for that one. And funny enough, the second goal is at Watford as well, which is Salah's goal against Watford because oh, yeah. it was the week yeah. week or week after or two weeks after he scored that one against City. And both times, yeah. what was funny is that when it went in, the initial reaction from the crowd wasn't to cheer. It was kind of like a huh. Like, yeah. I can't believe he's just done yeah. that. And then they, were, then they were kind of like, just a momentary kind of, I can't believe I've just seen that, and then cheering after that. But the uh, you know, the, the fact that he'd done that against City the week before Salah, or two weeks before, I think. And uh, was it after it? I can't even remember. Oh, so the, so the, um, the City game was two weeks before. Oh, just before yeah. the international break, wasn't yeah. it? That's right, yeah. And then they had the international break, and they came back for that Watford game. Because Alisson didn't play, did he? No, Keller was in goal. Yeah. To Madrid, yeah. yeah, that's right. <laughs> Mina got the hat trick. Yeah. Yes, yeah. But yeah. Salah's goal where he, he twisted around a few players, put things Cathcart on his backside and killed Danny the pass. Was it Ben Foster? It was Ben Foster yeah. in goal, wasn't it? And uh, I remember Ben Foster did some kind of podcast afterwards and when he said it, he just like, oh, you know, what am I supposed to do about that mm-hmm. kind of thing, you know? So you say what a great goal it was. So if you've got an opposition goalkeeper saying stuff like that, then you know it's a decent goal. Was that the game as well where Foster came out and said, Salah said to him, which way would you have gone if we'd had a penalty? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, that's when mm-hmm. Ben Foster's. He's still got his podcast, by the way. Yeah, yeah, I think he's, yeah. he's back. It's full time now, isn't he? He's full yeah, time. He's retired, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's having yeah. for Rex. He's, he's, does he get royalties for the. Uh, we'll never know. Yeah, I think that's definitely those, those two Salah goals, and, and I can't really choose between. I'd probably go for City just because of the, the bigger game. Yeah, they're two the, um, just brilliant goals. We bought you enough time. The, the, yeah, no, I, I was just going to add to, to your, your one at Watford. I, the reason I probably didn't go for that one is because. I almost missed it when we were there because I was tweeting something on my laptop and then I looked up and he'd already done all the skill. He was just sticking it away and it was like... So you thought it was a bit rubbish. Well, <laughs> it, it, you yeah, can't it, miss from there. Put, put it on a plate. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And I had to look at the, yeah. look at the monitor to, yeah. to watch it back properly. Um, but so many, isn't there? So, so many the, goals. The, like the, That's probably like the best looking one. But then you've got like Origi, 90 plus 6. Yeah. Just the, the, the funniest goal. It has to be the funniest goal. Um, but here's an underrated one um, Mane against Arsenal in, in the 4-3 yeah. Yeah. just like like sort of showed you what Mane could do brilliant dribble great finish sort of it was was that, that the 4th in the in the game wasn't it Liverpool's 4th I think so yeah and then, and then four, yeah, four, yeah, four, yeah, four, yeah, four, yeah and then the celebration jumping on his boss's back 
don't ever jump on my back if you, <laughs> you fire like a good blood red come legging over just, just flatten me yeah like Theo, Theo mentioned it there in one of his answers you'd almost I, I almost tend to forget everything that came so it's pre-2018 yeah. which which that goal was because mm-hmm. I just tend to associate this you know you're getting clock with winning all the trophies from 2019 onwards so I've kind of almost overlooked those years like the Emery Chan volleys and the, yeah. the overheads and the, the Mane goal against Arsenal because you could have had any Coutinho goal really because oh, he, he, he scored at least scored a dozen free kick in that Arsenal game yeah yeah brilliant yeah. free kick yeah. Chet against City that was a pre-one as well wasn't it yeah 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 um, I mean that 4-3 against City actually up there with one of the best games um, that they played you know in the January when Man City would just look so so good they were unbeaten weren't they at the time City going into that game I think so yeah I'm, I'm pretty sure they were and, and then Liverpool it was early on in Klopp's reign it was just those games where they they showed you how good they could be and it was still always chaotic but they'd, they'd flick the switch for, for Liverpool yeah. There you go. There you go. That's it. Um, okay. So, what, what goal did you choose then in the end? Because are you still thinking? No, no I, I guess I just chose the um, the, the first one I chose. <laughs> didn't I? Which one? I can't remember what it was. It's always the next one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Salah against City. Salah against. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it was a good goal. Um, all right. Well, I'm going to make this more interesting for you with my last two questions. The the most bizarre or strange moments of Klopp's reign. <laughs> In the Premier League? Yeah, in the Premier League. You're made up because you've got like, ages to think, especially <laughs> yeah. while he sits in silence. I mean, we'll, I suppose we'll never know the ins and outs of, of what's really happened, but when the Nabil Fakir deal fell through, it was a bit strange, wasn't it? That's not a Premier League moment. Well, it's, it's, it's happened during the, the course of Klopp's <laughs> Didn't know that game, happened on the pitch. Well, yeah. just, like, he, he'd, he'd done his, his medical behind the scenes, he'd done, he'd done his in-house club interview, and then he never became a Liverpool player, and it was never really truly revealed why. Um, so uh, that was a bit of a strange one. Um, you can keep thinking, I'm not accepting that answer. Okay. Um, I'm, thinking, I'm thinking on pitch stuff games. Yeah, go on, I'll pass on to the other one, I'll have a think. I was about to go for more transfers as well. There's been some few weird ones like Ben Davis or yeah. whatever. But if you want an on pitch, that's difficult. Uh, Alisson was a strange moment, wasn't it? Can we just go for that? A goalkeeper Allison. scoring. The seven-two that we've discussed was yeah, very bizarre. Yeah. The seven-seven-nil over United is bizarre yeah. itself, yeah. isn't it? The seven-the seven-two was just weird. Yeah, it was just proper weird. Yeah. Having been there, it was just like <laughs> it's like you're just like laughing when the goals went in. It was like this can't be real, you know. It was. Yeah. So I'd say that that's up there with weird stuff. In terms of all the weird stuff. I don't know the has there been kind of bust ups on the touchline. I remember at Newcastle the, the other year they were having a go at Andreas Kornmeyer for suggesting yeah. that Newcastle's players train a little bit further away from Liverpool ones. They were building that up as Lampard. a rivalry. Lampard, that Lampard. was yeah, yeah that was yeah. quite was amusing. Klopp doing his yeah. hamstring. Klopp running on the pitch, the pitch when when Arigi scored. Arigi scored. Yeah. Klopp running off, into the lines, the fourth official's face when Jota scored. <laughs> Klopp does. Oh. oh. Guardiola with his twice. Twice, yeah, <laughs> yeah. see, they're coming out. Yeah, that, that so was that's off the pitch, though. Yeah, yeah. It's during the game. During the game. During the game. Unless there was a transfer during the game. Yeah. Like, 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 like Chen Chen's in half time. Yeah, yeah. Chen Chen's in half time. You all have to the BBC in half time. I'll tee that up for you there. Come on. Yeah, very good. That was an FA Cup game, though. Yeah, yeah. So it doesn't count. So it doesn't count, unfortunately. 
delete that bit. <laughs> Mark, take, Mark, our producer, take anyway, that bit I think out. we've given Ghosty enough time. Come yeah, on. Yeah. I definitely should have looked at this list because you've. I've, <laughs> I've, I've just my idea. I've, I've had to put I, on my I, wrote, I wrote the last question on during the pod, so you'd never have had a chance. Oh, to well, there we go. Hmm. You can't just sit in silence. I know. As a I'm podcast not trying to think. It's <laughs> really I put put it on my toes. Yeah. Um, the seven Clop, Clop, United. Clop, um, Clough Human and a backroom staff member, wasn't he, when Liverpool got a penalty at Chelsea? Oh, yes, that's um, right. We that don't celebrate two, those. Right, yeah. uh, there was no yeah. crowd there for that one. Um, that was, uh, he, was, he was furious about that one, wasn't, wasn't he? Happy, yeah. yeah. It, was, it was sending off, wasn't it? It was sending, sending off, off, sorry, yeah. 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 yeah, that was it, not a penalty. Um, yeah, mm. that, that, that's the best you're getting off me at the moment. All right, that, that's, that's, that's acceptable. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. The seven millions United. I was on a train um, in New York to the airport, and my phone Crying. kept buzzing. Yeah, my phone kept buzzing, and I was like, I was like, one nil, two nil, three nil. I couldn't believe it, you know, like that. And that was bizarre because you're like, seven nil against United. You know, you just never expect to win a game that that by that much. Nine nil against Me and you weren't yeah. there. Mm. Yeah, yeah. That much of a shock because they were like 2 3 up after five, six minutes. To, to be fair, it's bizarre that they even stayed up after that though, because yeah. after that game, and even towards into the January that season, it's like no chance. And then they stayed up fairly comfortably. Um, underrated moment. <laughs> <laughs> it's, not, it's not good for this. It's going to be loads of periods of silence. Yeah, yeah. Underrated moment. Like, <sighs> Just pass the mic to Theo and have a think. God. You shouldn't be at the front of this um, this queue. <laughs> this is a tough one as well. I've had to just talk words and hope something comes to mind. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, underrated moment. It's tough. It's tough. That? I've got one in mind. Go on. It's my question. Oh. <laughs> um, I'm just going to bail us out where he gives you a It was it was Clark going to the cop after oh, West, West Brom, Brom. Yeah. because it, a lot of people a lot of people laughed at that. But I I, I always thought people who work here laughed at it as well on social media. Really? Yeah. You're looking at me. And no, I, no, 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 um, no I, I always thought that you know was one that a lot of people outside the club had a good laugh at, but didn't quite realise that that was Klopp fostering a relationship early doors. And I think I always think that's a very underrated moment in his reign, yeah. a, very a showing yeah, the, to get the connection back between crowd and players. Because don't forget, before Klopp came, I think the missing out in 2014, the following season was just awful. The defeat, defeat at Stoke, and it felt like there was a disconnect between fans, players, owners, you know, there, there was there was no trust, was there? And, and Klopp sort of pulled that back. And I, and I just like that moment. I always thought that was a very underrated moment. I'm going to go for the 5-4 against Norwich. I know we mentioned it earlier yeah, on the podcast, yeah. but that, that was underrated in the sense that it felt almost a bit embarrassing at the time. Norwich aren't exactly a difficult team to face or a difficult place to go. Mm-hmm. Uh, Liverpool what, conceded in the last minute. You think they're throwing away this victory, having to come back to get it in the first place I swear they were like 3-1 down 2-0 down something like that but then they got that victory and it's like phew we've got away with one there but when you look back now it was the next step on from that West Brom game wasn't it it's like mm. we can only get a share of the spoils when we're losing late on we can actually come from behind mm-hmm. and win and they've done it so many times since then I suppose that was that first seed of that winning spirit that mentality yeah. that and the celebrations were so wild as well that again that Pops showed your clock and his players yeah. didn't it and the bond that was that was sort of growing so and that's a good shout Doyle have you had sufficient can, time can, to we, can we say the guy at Burnley with the pie hang on for a bit of context that was the first game that the, the fans were back in properly after lockdown mm. and we, me and you had got there 
and it was nice and warm. Then the game starts, and everybody's been to Burnley knows Burnley's always freezing. So it was absolutely freezing. We weren't dressed for it. I was at the end of the season. I was absolutely fuming. And then at <laughs> half time, this guy come, comes across and he's like dressed like a butcher, you know, with a stripy thing and like the mm-hmm. apron and all that kind of stuff. Comes across just giving us pies, and I just felt like hugging him. I really did. That's got nothing to do with football, yeah. and I bought myself a bit of time to think of an but, underrated, underrated moment, go on. and I still haven't thought of one. Oh, well, what about at Burnley when uh, Clavan scored late on, and that's a good underrated that's, moment. That's actually, yeah. I mean, there's, there's there's a few games where they've won games which probably they didn't mean to. I'd even say like the Leicester four 0 games underrated. Mm-hmm. I think that is because I think bear in mind that they had just come back from being in Qatar only a couple of days earlier and won that, and then they were playing against the team. That, okay, it's Leicester now they're in the Championship, but. It was only a couple of years after they won the league. And I know, beating Leicester 4-1 um, 2016, oh, first yeah. game in front of the main stand. Yeah, great game, yeah. Because that, again, following on from, they'd beaten Arsenal, but then they'd beat, lost at Burnley, and they'd drawn at Tottenham, hadn't they? So there was that kind of, oh, well, what, what exactly is this team going to be? How good are they going to be? And to then beat the reigning champions, I don't know it was Leicester again, they were surprise champions, but to then beat them, beat them comfortably, and you had certain players who perhaps hadn't done quite so well when they'd first started under Rodgers, thinking of Lallana and players mm-hmm. like that, who were becoming very important for Klopp in those first couple of years. And so I think people, home as well. yeah, I think people forget stuff like mm-hmm. that. People forget that, that the likes of Lallana was important yeah. in taking Liverpool to the first step away from where they had been to the next step to where they were going to end up being. So probably that game. Yeah, it was a good good shot. Gorsi, have you had enough time to think? <laughs> yeah, Gorsi I mean, didn't listen to a word you've just said. Everyone remember the four-one. <laughs> <laughs> well, it is it is a win over Leicester. I think that the year they won the title when Milner scores yeah, that last-minute yeah, penalty, yeah, yeah. that just sort of fueled a bit of a belief in the fans, in the in the players. I remember one um, former Echo journalist walking past, kind of grabbed me on the shoulders and shook me and said, "It wasn't like this in my day when I was at the Echo, just because of how." strong the team was and how much belief they had in themselves and mm. he, he was just fighting right to the end and, and always seemed to pull something out the bag and I, th- I think that was in the early October wasn't you, it? You've narrowed that down to about four names. Though. Yeah <laughs> I mean, it, wasn't, it wasn't James Pearce. So yeah. Yeah. Um, and it, yeah I mean I suppose that was on, in the title winning season you won't really that doesn't really jump out at you but uh, looking back it was a little bit of, a, of an underrated win. I've got, I've, got, I've got another underrated note by the way. Van Dijk's non-tackle against Tottenham in that oh, season. Yeah. Yeah. It was Sissoko, wasn't it, that was through, and he kind of just left him and said, "Go on, that he yeah. used because he could have passed a song, couldn't he?" Yeah. In fact, that was that, it. Wasn't that season? It was season before, wasn't it? Season before, it? before, season yeah. before yeah. yeah where they, but of course, that win, you beat Tottenham at home, and suddenly you're playing them a couple of months later in the Champions League mm. final. So it kind of all, you know, that kind of all. Another one fits, in that season. Sorry, not that season because we established that in the title winning season, Lallana at Old Trafford. For the one-one, yeah. yeah, yeah. because kept, again, kept, kept them unbeaten, yeah. and kept the momentum going. Kept the momentum going. Yeah, it was a really There's good late. Williams penalty of them. against Man City. Yeah, yeah. might be the yeah. one in the league. Yeah, good chance. No, we don't really think of that, do we? Correct, we don't. That's why we haven't mentioned it. It's not one of Klopp's three hundred <laughs> games. <laughs> it's not one of Klopp's three hundred games. Yeah, Edit that out. Yeah. <laughs> 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 right. Well, on that note, unless anyone's got anything to add, come on, Gorst, you must have something. We'll say bye. Nothing to add. Another silence from Dorothy to finish the I'd say we've covered these two in the games in in thorough forensic detail, but I don't think we have. I think think there's loads loads I've missed out anyway. There's definitely going to be someone that's at the mind. Missed underrated moments. Yeah. 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 Well, um, if you have, you're listening at home or listening on YouTube and you have an underrated moment or a 
most bizarre or goal moments, best or worst, um, leave a comment on YouTube or, or let us know. Um, be great to hear some of yours. But until Friday, because you just send me a silence. Yeah, We'll be back on Friday to um, look ahead to uh, Wolves at twelve thirty, and yeah, we'll see you then. It's alright. You've been listening to the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo.